feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Now Celtic have made a decision they can now look forward and hopefully get a manager in because the rebuild now starts at this precise moment in time they just need to make sure they get the right man for the job I didn't want to see any of this Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane rubbish or Gordon Strachan yes. We want to be right on the front foot from the off and really go and put in a performance to make our supporters proud If we do that I'm confident we can finish the job off The Goal Radio Football Show With OPC Energy Limited Hosted by Rob McLean Simon Donnelly and Morris Ross Call now and voice your opinion 0808 17 17 700 Let's go, 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 go. Less than an hour to kick off at Ibrox as Rangers look to clinch a place in the Europa League last 16 It was bonkers in Belgium last Thursday night as the Scottish champions in waiting beat Royal Antwerp by the odd goal in seven Former Rangers fullback Morris Ross is on the show tonight as you've just heard Will your old team will be featuring in that draw tomorrow for the last 16 uh, I would like to think so I don't think the, the tie is dead just as yet um, but I can see the starting line up there it looks quite attacking I think Rangers need to be careful um, because this, this team do pose a threat going forward so it's uh, it's going to be an exciting night Sure is an attacking looking team we'll give it to you in just a couple of seconds <laughs> Celtic's European hopes perished uh, months ago their title chances vanished as well and yesterday Neil Lennon paid the price former Celtic striker Simon Donnelly is here uh, Simon is your old club in complete chaos? They are just now but as we listened to Barry Ferguson there just before we started uh, the rebuild starts now for Celtic you know hopefully exciting times ahead few new faces in on the staff as well as the, the playing department uh, but yeah hopefully this is a turning point So a lot to be done for Celtic we will talk about that clearly over the next couple of hours we will talk about Rangers against Royal Antwerp at Ibrox which kicks off in 50 minutes time and let's uh, waste no further time by giving you the Rangers lineup tonight um, and he's certainly going positive as he said he would he wanted to just start all over again against Royal Antwerp the first leg last Thursday uh, matters not a jot says Stephen Gerrard he's going for it again it's Alan McGregor in goals it's Leon Balligan Connor Goldson Philip Hillander and uh, Borna Barisic across the back line for Rangers Stephen Davis Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo the midfield three and up front it's Yanis Hadji and Ryan Kent either side of Alfredo Morellas uh, Morris what do you make of that um, it's certainly attacking um, I just think looking back at the, the, the last fixture between the two teams it was too much like a basketball game for me um, I'd like Rangers to be a bit more pragmatic in Europe um, and tonight I would like to have seen something similar in terms of how Rangers have been before um, hard to beat in Europe Um a Rebo in there in the middle of the pitch. Um, I hope he's been told to just kind of support it from from behind rather than going beyond. Um, I think naturally Ranger will be a bit more defensive on the right side with, with Balligan there. Um, 
Yeah, well, we just need to see how it plays out. I think looking at that last game, Rangers were in fair control, and then boom, there was a goal that out of nothing. Um, which I think Rangers really need to avoid tonight. Um, the most, the more boring game tonight, the better for me. Um, I would like to see Rangers just close this game out. Um, I think Rangers will need to score tonight. I don't think these are any mugs. Um, they've already scored uh, two goals on their travels twice this year, um, in, a, in, a, in a kind of fairly strong group with Tottenham. So it's certainly not uh, dead in the water this tie. Um, Rangers will need to be very, very careful tonight. Here's what Steven Gerrard said ahead of Antwerp. Obviously the scoreline sets how it is in terms of the advantage we've got. But we certainly won't be going in with that mentality. We see this as a fresh game from a defensive point of view. We want to be a lot more tighter and a lot more difficult to play against. Having said that, we still want to carry a threat and um, we want to try and score as many goals as we can. We're at home. We're not going to sit and wait and protect. We're going to uh, treat this game in isolation and go for the win and be really aggressive and bold in how we play because this is our home and we want to show everyone how difficult it is to play against this team when they come to Ibrox. Aggressive, bold, positive are all words featuring uh, from Stephen Gerrard there. And you can see that, Simon Donnelly, in the, in the selection, can't you? Yeah, a very positive line-up. Uh, I enjoyed the first game. It had everything. And yeah. a, you know, to and fro a good game of football. Uh, obviously, a few mistakes in there as well, which Stevie Gerrard will obviously want to kind of take out of tonight's performance. But I understand what Mo's saying there about a, a, a boring game and seeing it out. But mm. I, I think there'll be goals again tonight. I think... Uh, that's an attacking lineup that they've, they've set their stall out with. And I think there'll be plenty of goals in it again, but I, I think Rangers will go through. It would have to go from bonkers to boring, wouldn't it? Uh, based on what we saw uh, last Thursday night. It was, it, was a, it was a crazy game, that. And, and I suppose it was un-Rangers-like in a sense. Certainly defensively, he would he would be looking for something a lot different tonight. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but what you have there, I mean, if you look at keeping the ball... That's, a, that's a, actually a defensive strategy because they kind of get it off you. And I think when you've got Arebo, Davis and Kamara in the middle of the pitch, Rangers will retain possession. Um, and hopefully it's for the majority of the night. Um, Balogun gives you an extra bit of height advantage in the, in the back four that Tavernier doesn't provide you. Um, but again, you're then having the, the, the kind of opposite side of that going forward, whereas Balogun um, probably won't... Um, get beyond Haji or, or Kent on the side um, so I think he'll play a more supporting role and I think Rangers will be a bit more pragmatic in their approach I know Steven Gerrard's saying all these things in the press I think they will just uh, let the front three uh, hopefully go on and win the game for them What would you like to say uh, about that Rangers lineup tonight about Rangers prospects tonight uh, and hopefully uh, looking forward to them featuring in the draw tomorrow as well for the Europa League last 16 which is what they did last season can they go further uh, than what they achieved in Europe last season we'll find out the phone number is 0808 17 17 700 you text go and your message to 874 74 on the socials it's at go show what would you like to say about Rangers? What would you like to say about uh, Celtic? Uh, and just recapping the team for you then tonight. It's McGregor and goals, Balogun, Goldson, Helander and Barisic, Davis Kamara, Aribo, Hadji and Kent, either side of uh, Morellas. We're less than uh, 24 hours, Simon, after uh, Neil Lennon's resignation. Uh, a couple of days after, of course, <coughs> uh, that shock result up in Dingwall uh, when Ross County beat Celtic by a goal to nil uh, for the second time this season, of course, having knocked them out of the League Cup as well. Um it was it was inevitable, wasn't it? It was it was just a matter of of timing about when Neil Lennon would go. I think so, Rob. Obviously, 
it's been a disastrous season for Celtic. Uh, they've found themselves way off the, the race with Rangers. Haven't showed any level of consistency. I think the turn of the year had to beat Rangers, you know, and I, I still thought at that time that was achievable, you know, to, to reel Rangers in. Obviously, Rangers get the positive result at the turn of the year. And then Celtic going a, a little run there with five wins, I thought would have got Neil Lennon to the end of the season. I thought they would have changed at the end of the season. So I was quite surprised to see the announcement yesterday. But again, looking back, where Celtic are, it just takes one result and everything changes again. So that, that five-game run that they went on bought the club a little bit of time. But, you know, going up to Dingwall and getting another terrible result at the weekend has just sped this process up. And the worry is about next season as well, isn't it? Because yeah. where we are, we're almost <clears throat> into March and... Uh, Rangers are marching on if you like they're, they're making signings for next season yep. they're so far ahead already they're putting pieces in place for next season and you do worry from Celtic's point of view uh, you know about so many things to be done so many people to be put in place players a manager uh, maybe a director of football yeah. uh, lots to be done yeah it's a huge jigsaw and uh, it seems to be getting done a wee bit back to front just now the the new CEO is coming in I believe this, the start of July but by then it's it's too too late you know to plans need to be put in place just now so it'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks moving forward season ticket sales as well Celtic fans will be looking on with keen interest to see what the club are going to do next but I do think there'll be a bit of a revolving door over the next few months in terms of personnel whether it's coaching staff or players it's a tough one, Morris, isn't it? When when one CEO is on the way out, Peter Lowell, who's been there for such a long time, and the other one, Dominic Mackay, coming from Murrayfield to Celtic Park, coming from rugby to football, um, isn't going to be in place, as Simon said, till, till the summer. There's this period of flux, there's a, a period of transition at a time when Celtic need to make big decisions really quickly. Um <clears throat> The, the, the man won't be in the building until July, but I'm pretty sure there'll be constant dialogue between now and then. Um, you know, it's only a phone call away, isn't it? So they, they can they can still pick the brains of the CEO that he can still try and implement via people that are in the building already. Um, Celtic are a well-run organisation. Um, Peter Lawwell's done a fantastic job at Celtic. Um, he's, he's no dummy. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think between... The both of them, I think they will come up with a strategy that will um, certainly put Celtic in, in a better situation than, than, than find themselves at the moment. Has complacency been the biggest enemy to, to Celtic? And, and not not just at the moment, but, but maybe going back a year or two as well. I mean, you think back to when John McGinn, the John McGinn transfer didn't happen. There have been quite a few um, moments where it seems that, that Celtic have been careful with their spending rather than maybe being ambitious with their plans, Simon. H- having been so far ahead in Scottish football, they've been reined in. Will, will Celtic, do you think, as a club, look back with regret over not just recent months, but recent years? It's a weird one, Rob, because if you'd said to me at the start of this season this was how it would unravel, you know, I'd have thought there was something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I think people expected a, a challenge from Rangers. Uh, I thought it would have been a lot tighter. I thought it would have been a race this year. But it's a multiple of, of, of different things that have happened this year, whether it's a bit of complacency. They did spend a lot of money in recruitment, and I've said before I don't think much of the recruitment has improved their team. They're starting eleven up until now anyway. Uh, so it could be a bit of that. 
then we had the ball and goalie issue where Celtic find themselves games behind Rangers are gathering momentum suddenly there's a different pressure on the Celtic players and I don't think they handled that well uh, so it's been a culmination of a variety of things this season but it's certainly caught everybody at Celtic out you were looking back uh, with me before the show, before we came on air, uh, Morris, about about Rangers when they went for, for 10 in a row and it, you're almost wondering whether there, there's a jinx that comes into play uh, between 9 and 10. I think what happens is, see when you, you have success, um, it, it's, it's when, like the getting the 9 in a row. It's such an achievement and such a focus for the previous two or three years until you get to the 9. I think when you get to the 9, you're somewhat, want a better word, you're burst. So I think at the time you get nine, that's when you've got to go into overdrive as a club to say, right, we need to freshen it up now because people get used to winning. It's um, it's You need to fight that urge all the time to just put your slippers on. And I think the best players can do it. Um, I think I think if Celtic really went for it in the summer and really invested properly, we have done for the last five, six, seven years. And, and Celtic's recruitment over time has been very good I think mm. the last couple of years it's it's it's, it's, uh, it's not been as good um, but yeah it's just like I mean looking back at the range like going back to the 10 row Rangers it was like if, if something could go wrong it would go wrong like Marco Negro getting hit in the face we, the squash right. ball yeah and Gaza getting sold away to, to I think it was Middlesbrough midway through the season but it was just like things are just happening to the negative and I think Celtic have had a bit of that this year they've been a bit unfortunate um, injuries uh, to key players Forrest I mean the numbers that boy churns out every season yeah, he's, he's been a big miss massive, massive big miss this season you know and, you, and they never quite fixed the goalkeeping issue for me um, so listen it's not just a hard luck story Rangers have been better simple as that um, but it, it does it, sometimes it just feels like football is just meant to be it just seems such a strange season for Celtic it's been calamity after calamity um, and injury after injury um, I think it's been a very tough season for them This is uh, Derek McInnes who, who was holding a news conference today the the Aberdeen manager and this was his uh, view on the departure of Neil He's Lennon He's a, a very successful Celtic manager you know, I think sometimes in the here and now, particularly in Neil's case this season, he's been like a punch bag for others and, and a lot of criticism has come his way. The difference points-wise, Celtic to Rangers, it's more than just a manager's situation, it's more than a manager at fault there. What gets me at the moment, I think, above everything else, is the, Simon, the amount of vitriol that is flying around in the direction of, of Neil Lennon. Um, people talking about the, the legacy being destroyed. I mean, it's incredible when you think... The one bad. I know how important the season was, yeah. but it's one bad season uh, over two decades of success, off and on uh, for him, player, coach, yeah. manager. The the guy's a legend, and yet there are lots of people very happy to take him down at the moment. Yeah, and I think there'll be a part of Neil Lennon who will feel relief after yesterday, just to get out of that firing line because I think he has been subjected to. A hell of a lot of criticism over the last period, and I think it does. It, it everything's magnified this year, Rob, with COVID and people being stuck in the house and be able to jump on their social media and say whatever they want. I get it's a huge season that Celtic have failed on, but as Derek McInnes says, there, eighteen points behind doesn't reflect on one man. You know, one shoot out there on the pitch as well. The players, you can be prepared, you can be coached and training, but ultimately it's their responsibility when they go out onto the pitch to perform 
and it hasn't been done often enough this season nowhere near the levels of the last few seasons I've said quite a lot um, that Neil Lennon for me and people I've met in football who hate losing he's He's almost at the top of the league for me. I don't. I've, I've I've met very few people who hate losing as much as Neil Lennon. So for for all the Celtic fans who are in uproar uh, about what's happening and what has happened, Morris, this season, uh, Neil Lennon has been hating it as much as anyone. Listen, <laughs> Neil's a smashing man. Um, he's he's a, he's an intellect. Um, he cares about football. Uh, that's crystal clear. For to say that his legacy would be ruined, I just don't understand. I mean, if you look at it, let's flip this on its head. Walter Smith, for how phenomenal Walter Smith was, he was unlucky not to win 10 in a row. But his legacy is still pristine condition. Now, I think when the dust settles, I think in a year's time, two years' time, whenever it is, when the dust settles, um, people will look back on Neil Lennon with fond memories um, from a player um, to a leader. Um, and into a successful manager, um, it's just it's just so typical of Scottish fo- Scottish people. I think we're, we can be really bad for this. That if there's ten things to be positive about a man or a person or an individual, whatever you want to say, it, and he fails on one of them, we always focus on that one. It's just unfortunate that in this time there's so much pressure on this ten in a row that, that Neil's kind of carrying a can for it but like Simon said there's, there's uh, Derek McKenna said um, there's more than one issue here there's been a bit of bad luck a bit of bad recruitment I don't know how Celtic was in terms of recruitment does the manager have the final say I'm not so sure on everything because uh, on terms of recruitment because I think in, early on in Neil's uh, second tenure he was complaining uh, that some things were out of his hands in yeah. terms of to, in terms of signing. So you know it's not just black and white. Listen, Rangers have been great. Rangers need to give credit, but I still think Celtic have been unfortunate in certain scenarios this year. So who's it going to be, Simon? Who's going to be the next Celtic manager? Uh, Eddie Howe's been talked about for a <coughs> long time. I guess there are a lack of. Uh, names in the frame at the moment really aren't there uh, generally speaking when when either the Rangers or Celtic job comes up for grabs usually you've got a list as long as your arm of of guys to potentially take over so Eddie Howe's been mentioned Stevie Clark's been mentioned um, I saw Roberto Martinez maybe a little bit optimistically being linked with the job and maybe Sean Maloney uh, alongside him what do you think? Well these are the ones that I've seen linked as well uh, <clears throat> My son asked me that question earlier on today and I really don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what route they go down. Uh, John Kennedy's obviously taking over just now. Is there going to be a place for the staff that are there just now with the, the new regime? Or is it going to be a clean slate? It's it's really interesting, but as you say, Rob, it's hard to pluck. I mean, I put, I put Henrik Larson out there the other day and oh. I did the same before Lenny the last time, just from an excitement level that would, you know really bring something to the club uh, but then I get shot down because he apparently lacks experience or they don't want to see his legacy be destroyed as a player but again what a way to go through your life you know worrying about something like that uh, I always look to the optimistic imagine he came here and he was successful you know he'd be, they'd be building a statue of him if they already haven't so it's, it's, it's an interesting one uh, and we all sit here with bated breath waiting to see what, what happens next and Steven Gerrard lacked experience uh, when he signed up at Rangers, Morris. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was, in my opinion, he was he was brought to the football club because of his standing in, in world football. Um, I think Rangers at the time, 
had been unlucky with, with certain appointments and I think Rangers wanted someone to stand on that touchline that was of a level of Brendan Rodgers in terms of persona and, and world, worldly known. Listen, I think Brendan Rodgers is the, the best British coach um, that we've got. Um, but what Stephen did was he brought in Mick Beale, who was world-class coach and took care of the training stuff and he surrounded himself with, with good people there. So where he was lacking... He can be the figurehead. He can be the guy that, that can take the basically the lightning rod and 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 let Michael Beal take over the training and and have the the kind of tactical side. So um, yeah, I think Stephen Gerrard was very smart by doing that um, to come to to the new candidates for Celtic. If you're if you're in the Premiership or, or around about the Premiership as a, as a head coach or a manager, and looking at the stress that Neil Lennon has been put under for the last eighteen months, would you want to put yourself into that? Because if you're a Premiership manager, you're already minted. You don't need the financial uh, gains that come to Celtic. It's about lifestyle. It's about how you're going to be uh, treated if, if if things. If I mean, you're one game away from a tragedy up here. So for guys like Eddie Howe, uh, you know, by all accounts, is a very good kind of hybrid. He's, he's a kind of coach manager, which is, seems to be more and more these days. He's only managed. Uh, I say only with, with the greatest respect to Bournemouth. You've got. 15,000 fans that in a lovely part of the world, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's a relaxed environment to come up here into this. The Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, Ooh, yeah, it's a cauldron. Um, listen, Celtic's a, a, a very exciting proposition for any football manager. I mean, it's a brilliant club. It's it's blue chip, if, if we want a better word. Um, and um, but I think Celtic will take their time. They've took enough time this year to make the decision uh, over Neil. I don't see them rushing at all. I think. Um, that, that obviously that John Kennedy will maybe cut his teeth and maybe do well you never know what happens but um, it's, it's certainly an exciting time for, for Celtic fans because there's obviously going to be changes it's what changes are actually made that um, remains to be seen It's going to be interesting who will replace Neil Lennon as Celtic manager what do you think who would you like to see in the hot seat at Celtic Park and um, one would imagine it will happen uh, pretty quickly to be honest and what about Rangers Uh, what about their chances tonight of getting the job done clinching their place in the Europa League last 16 the match kicks off in half an hour's time at Ibrox you know the number 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. That was Chris with the travel. Thanks for that. Getting us uh, bang up to date. You're with the Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday night with OPC Energy Limited. And uh, we're about 25, just try to do the arithmetic there. We're about 25 minutes away from kickoff at Ibrox Rangers against Royal Antwerp. What a game it was last Thursday night. Um, I don't think we can expect the uh, same again, but you never know. What we do know is the Rangers lineup. We give it to you right at the top of the show, and we're going to repeat it for you right now. It's Alan McGregor in goals, Leon Balogun at right back. He's done pretty well replacing uh, the skipper, James Tavernier, who's still out injured. Connor Goldson, Philip Melander, Borna Barisic in the midfield, Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, and Joe Aribo. That's the selection in the middle. And uh, in terms of wide areas, it's Yanis Hadji and Ryan Kent, either side of Alfredo Morelos. 
Stephen Gerrard had his uh, media conference, his UEFA media conference uh, yesterday, and he was talking um, about Rangers being on the brink of something special. On the verge of turning Europe into a successful season again by, by matching last season's efforts to get into the last 16, but we've still got a big job to do tomorrow night. And we're obviously on the verge uh, in terms of uh, the league campaign, which I'm, I'm extremely proud of, but my attitude and focus won't change until until we go and get it done. There's still work to do, there's still hurdles to get over, there's tough games on the horizon, but we're extremely determined to go and take the opportunity that we've got sitting here right now. That and that opportunity is to make Europe a success and also domestic in terms of the league as well. So a fantastic position to be in, but we've got to go and grab it now. Rob McLean on the show tonight with Simon Donnelly, the former Celtic striker and the former Rangers defender. Morris Ross is with us as well. Uh, do you think that if, as expected, Rangers get over this hurdle uh, tonight and get into the draw tomorrow for the for the last 16, do you think, they, depending on that draw, Morris, they could go quite deep into this tournament? Well, I, th- I think the key, the key is <laughs> what you just said there. It depends who you get. Um, sometimes you need a bit of good fortune with that. Um I think the good thing for Rangers in Europe now is I think if Celtic are six points behind we're, we're having a different conversation because I think the focus would all go 100% on to stopping the 10 um, but now I think it's it's, it's all but done um, which means Rangers can afford to play a, a strong side in every single European uh, game they're going to have but I mean if hopefully tonight isn't the last one um, and, and hopefully we can get boys back up to speed like um, like uh, oh my god yeah Arfield, sorry, Scotty Arfield can get his, uh, his legs again and, and um, I think Rangers will do all right. Um, but again, like you said, you, you don't know who you're going to pull the hat. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about injuries and Celtic, you know, being unlucky with injuries and that was that was part of the, the problem. I mean, James Forrest is a, is a, has been a big miss for them in, in so many ways. But, but Rangers have found a way, haven't they, of, of getting round problems of that sort I mean at the moment no James Tavernier now you'd think he's a, he's a big miss but uh, Leon Balogun who's a central defender to trade but uh, he's looked pretty comfortable in that right back position Simon as well Yeah but that's what Stevie Gerrard's did over the the time he's been at, at Rangers he's, he's built a squad there that when two or three are out he can keep the levels up with the guys that come in and it's been shown even more this season Uh but I really think Europe and Steve Gerrard suits as well. I think Rangers galvanised a team, you know, from success in Europe in the last couple of seasons. Uh, they were a wee bit unlucky last year not to go further. Obviously, COVID and lockdown came along just round about that time. But they've shown, you know, that that's where they belong just now. And I was saying the same about Celtic this time last year. You know, if you get into that last 16 in a knockout tournament, and as Mo says, you get a little bit of luck, you don't know where you could end up. Yeah, I mean, a year ago Celtic were beating Lazio home and away. This time around, the, they've, they've fallen at every hurdle, be it Europa or Champions League. Yeah, I mean, again, I go back to, to, to the players that Celtic are missing. Um, I think I think the boy Forrest is a phenomenal footballer who produces phenomenal numbers every year. And you can't just place, replace boys like this. You know, you, you take Forrest to any team, you know, you're, mm. you're going you're gonna to have an impact on your results. Um but obviously we're, we're, we're talking about Rangers tonight in Europe um, looking at the way I'm trying to predict how this is going to go I think Rangers will be a bit lopsided tonight I think they'll be focused attacking down the left hand side naturally with Barisic I don't think when Barisic is crossing you'll see Balogun at the back post I don't think that'll happen tonight 
So my fear is of course looking at the the attacking midfielders we have there. I think we'll have an extra body. I think Balogun will be a bit withheld and, and going forward. So that'll give you six controlling footballers there. Um, and Barisic will have a free reign like he always has. Um, normally your Rangers formation is kind of like a two three five. Um, I think tonight it'll be more like a, a three three four uh, when they're in possession. So hopefully that gives them enough security and attack. So if if they do uh, face any counter attacks, they should have the the numbers there to deal with it. Simon, you were, you were just speaking about the the transformation in Rangers, where they've come in the last twelve months. It's been a spectacular turnaround, and here's Stephen Gerrard speaking about exactly that. I think our recruitment was very good. I think adding key players to what we already had here was very important. I think the experience of the previous two seasons, as, as we've used to our our benefit in terms of our growth and, and trying to move forward, uh, the work that's happened on the training pitch from all my coaching staff that we've put in as well. I think it's been a real combination of factors. I think the key thing here is always that hunger and determination to become more consistent. Other Rangers managers wouldn't have got so long. I think that's a certainty, depending if, if your name didn't fit, if you went through about seven or eight trophies without winning one. Um, you, you just wouldn't have been there anymore. Rangers are glad they've stuck with Steven Gerrard. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are because, as I say, he's built a squad there now that, and I've heard a lot of Rangers supporters uh, saying it throughout the season, where one or two drop out of that team, they've got instant replacements there. And I touched on the Celtic side with that. I still think Celtic have got very good players, but I'm not sure about the recruitment side of it. And and if that's enhanced Celtic, and you've, you've seen it most tell you yourself, you've seen it players taking time to settle. Maybe some of these guys will take time and, and, and show what the recruitment's seen, but at the moment it's it's too late. You know, this has been a season where Celtic couldn't afford anybody, you know, time to, to break themselves gently into a team. They had to have guys ready to go and enhance that team and put pressure on the guys that had been winning over and over from the, the seasons previous. And I don't feel that's, that has been done this year. And again, Mo touched on it there. Then you're looking to the, the same guys time and time again. You know, you've seen Edwards' form probably dip a wee bit this season throughout. He's, he's come back of late. But you're going to the well asking the same guys to do it over and over again, where if the guys that came in had enhanced the team, the pressure eases. You're looking to other people. And that's what's happened with Rangers. You know, They've got three guys there. Roof has had a good season. Tavernier, Tavernier's had a fantastic season. Jack, uh, a big player in the midfield. But at the moment, they don't really lose them at all in the team in terms of performance. They've got guys there that can come in, replace them and keep their consistency. It seemed that, that when, when Rangers signed Steven Gerrard, um, it was a response in some ways. to, to Celtic had Brendan Rodgers at the time. Rangers wanted to go big. They wanted to go glamorous. He was a he's a he was a big name. Although we, we touched on his inexperience as a as a as a first team coach, he had none um, when he when he, when he came in the door. Do you think Celtic will respond similarly to the fact that that Rangers have found success, uh, but with a big with a big name manager, will they go down that glamour route again? Will it be another Brendan Rodgers type appointment? I don't think we'll see. Someone as talented as Brendan Rodgers, I don't. You 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 reckon he's the best? I think he's best British. I think he's the best of British. Yes, yeah. I do. I, I really do. Um, look at the results. He's, he, anything he turns his hand to, there's success there. And look at what he's done at Leicester. Arguably, Leicester have a have a fantastic setup as well. But 
just, just the style of football never breaks from his um, his philosophy or his ideology. He never breaks for anyone, um, which I admire. Um, I mean, there's there's some names in there that you think, yeah, that could be that could be exciting. Um, of the names that have been mentioned, uh, the the lad Jesse Marsh is certainly an exciting one. He he's at Red Bull Salzburg, isn't he? He's an American coach. Yeah, and he's and he's done. He's he's, he's paid his dues, so to speak. Um, he's got the. He was on my pro license. He was speaking to to the to the twenty twenty pro license group, and he was um, all about relationships, relationship building, on about high intensity, um, focusing on the individual. Um, very, very, very forward thinking. Um, and and if you see the way his teams play, it's dynamic, it's fast, it's high intensity. And when you think of Celtic teams of the past, the, the exciting ones, they they certainly had the, those traits, characteristics. And he's got what I think the shoulders to 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 bear the burden of being a Celtic manager. Um, I think that must be, as a Celtic board, must be the main criteria. Does he have the belief and ego to handle Celtic Football Club? Because I think you need that in spades. So I do. Because coming in here, I've done a wee, decent wee club somewhere in Europe, whatever. It's not the same as managing Rangers or Celtic. When when Brendan Rodgers was appointed, it was wow, wasn't it? The the Celtic fans were hugely excited about it. Do you see something similar happening again? How ambitious are, are Celtic going to be here, Simon? Uh, how much money are they going to throw at it? I hope they're as ambitious as they possibly can. Uh, and the wow factor of Brendan Rodgers coming to the club, Stephen Gerrard going to, to Rangers... I think it's something that's needed. I think it's it's due to the support, you know, to get somebody that really captures the imagination uh, and can come in here and have that effect. Uh, again, I'm not campaigning for it, but something of the ilk of a Henrik Larsson, that, that sort of name. And it always kind of amuses me that they say about experience, but you look at the guys he's worked under and where he's been and who he's played with and what he's achieved... That must vouch for that must yeah. stand for something in the game. And he's oh, current, currently with Ronald Koeman at Barcelona. And he's working as a first team coach at yeah. one of the biggest clubs in Europe just now. And Mo's talking about taking the burden of something like the manager of Celtic on your your shoulders. He's done it as a player, uh, but it does it always amuses me because uh, they don't have experience. But management's really and Mo says sells experience that it. it's it's about managing managing people in a dressing room and leading people there's no question about his football knowledge so I do I find it amusing when people just write folk off uh, he's not done it y- you have to start somewhere but see on the back of that I think if Celtic try and go quick fix I think they'll chase their tail for two or three years I really do I think Celtic need to take the same pragmatic approach that Rangers took three years ago they knew it was a gamble they saw the slight improvement year on year there was continuity there and this is now coming to fruition. What's against taking it easy, though, is well, is, is is next season. Yes, is, is again, getting players in now for next season. Zero again, though. This is this is fever pitch ten in a row. It's got to work. Bang, it's gone. Now it's a different set of eyes that are going to look on the on the pitch. I'm telling you, the fans will have a different approach next year. Now Rangers fans have been in the doldrums for what, nine, ten years. Yeah. This is this is ten months. Celtic fans have been under the pump. You know, it's it's. Next year, there'll be less excitement, less drama because the 10 has gone. There's a sense of, I know there's never realism in terms of Rangers and Celtic, but 
there will, the fever pitch will go, will slightly dissipate, I believe. And I think if Celtic need to be thinking short, of course, because you, you don't ever want your rivals to win the league, of course not. But I think if they've got a, a medium strategy, a medium to long term strategy, I think it will uh, bode the club, uh, Celtic, and uh, for, for 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 the few years coming. That's all very logical and sensible. Will the Celtic fans be patient though in that sort of way going into next season? Listen, yeah, you, you just have to beat your greatest rivals either side of the city. You know, it's I, I get what Mo's saying there, and I, I think he's right in terms of this appointment cannot be a quick fix. It needs to be something that's going to be there. I, I, they're talking about a director of football, which maybe big clubs are going down that route. There might be somebody there with a first team coach, you know, working alongside them. They might choose to to do that route with the the new. Uh, CEO coming in but it, it can't be a quick fix but the other side of that coin is <laughs> <laughs> if you don't win games yeah. you know you're, you're, you're slated uh, it's just that's just the, the way it is at Rangers and Celtic Good luck with the appointment uh, lots to be done at Celtic uh, what do you think uh, who would you like to see as Neil Lennon's replacement as the Celtic manager the Rangers team tonight by the way in case you've just joined us uh, to play Royal Antwerp at Ibrox McGregor Balogun Goldson Helander and Barisic Davis Kamara Aribo Haji Kent and Morellas kicks off in about 12 minutes time at Ibrox 4-3 Rangers from the first leg and if you want to have your say on Celtic or Rangers it's 08 08 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show It's a big night for Rangers in the Europa League last 32 of course last Thursday um, in Belgium it was Royal Antwerp 3 Rangers 4 it was a terrific result uh, the job is to be completed at Ibrox match kicks off in about 6 or 7 minutes time giving you the team news of course um, so we're talking Rangers we're also obviously talking Celtic as well and the search for a new manager uh, in terms of the Go Radio Football Show poll uh, here's how the figures are looking currently 46% of you uh, go for Eddie Howe uh, Steve Clark, the Scotland manager is at 19% uh, Martin O'Neill 8% a return to Celtic, don't think so uh, Roy Keane 27% Simon Donnelly uh, what would you think about Roy Keane taking over at Celtic? He's, he's of the he's of the Stevie Gerrard wow factor I, I, I've, I've read a few Comments, negative comments when Roy Keane's name has been suggested. But I would want to play for Roy Keane. I would, I would fancy being in that dressing room. I think he could attract players. Uh, I don't know. I think the the things that get directed against Roy Keane are old school and could could modern play, players deal with that? You know, that get thrown at Lenny a wee bit as well. But it would certainly excite me, Roy Keane. Is, another, another chance at it. Does a Roy Keane work in 2021 in a football dressing room? That 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 approach of his direct, I think, would be the word. Um, no, I don't think it is. I think the millennials are a different breed, and they are all kings in their house. You know, when we were brought up, it was speak when spoken to this type of upbringing as, as we all had and nowadays it's all about pandering to, to to these egos that's it in a nutshell and I don't think Roy has that skill set at all um, 
Eddie Howe has a silent assassin approach in a sense that he doesn't get embroiled in arguments with these players by all accounts it's if you don't buy into it you're ostracised so that's a kind of passive aggressive way of, of management but just you're not getting these fights on day to day basis but everybody knows the script I think at any level of, of top flight sport there's always egos you've got to have ego to reach that level um, you've you've got you're, you've got certain you're highly strong your high testosterone levels to get to that level as well so I think the more calmer approach is definitely the the, the way forward or the way it is happening now and if you look at Mourinho now compared to 15 years ago he's not behaving the same way he was 15 years ago that's only 15 years mm. so um, I don't I don't think Roy Keane is even close to coming the Celtic match I don't I don't see his CV matching up to to a club as, as big as Celtic I think Celtic need to go blue chip it's whether these blue chip candidates want to take on the stress of Glasgow that's for me is the, the biggest issue or the biggest hurdle for attracting top coaches um, premiership coaches I'm talking here um, to, to Glasgow Just had a bit of feedback Morris uh, to something you said earlier Craig from Fife uh, has been on the socials saying comparing Walter Smith's legacy to Neil Lennon's is like comparing apples with oranges in 1998, Rangers lost the league by two points and the players just didn't have enough in the tank to get over the line. Celtic are 18 points behind Rangers this season and the players look like they chucked it after the first Old Firm game. Listen, I'm not comparing Walter Smith and Neil Lennon. Um, I'm comparing the fact that both of these managers were presiding over losing 10 in a row. It's a different story. Totally different story. For me, Walter Smith is the... The Wizard of Oz of Scottish football. He's the oracle. He's the go-to guy for me. Top notch. Um, and uh, my point I was trying to make, but again, people listen to half your statement, is it was more the fact that to defend Neil Lennon's actually. Because the, the point was made that is this going to destroy his legacy? I don't think it will. Just like Walter Smith failing to win 10 in a row never destroyed his. I was listening to you. Thank you. I, I was listening, to, I, I was listening to the whole statement. Um, Neil Lennon, um, you you feel for him? I, I, I almost relieved for him, Simon, that he's taken out of the the firing line now. He's 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 suffered much, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I am, and mean, I think he's a competitor. You touched on it. He hates to get beat. He's achieved so much at Celtic as a player and a coach, but the criticism. This year, again, magnified with Celtic trying to get the 10 in a row. Failing on that level by a huge way. Uh, I think there'll be a, a sense of relief from his side as well. You know, he's been taken out the firing line eventually because we're all human beings. And I've, I've seen little bits on social media. Uh, and I suppose it comes with the territory a wee bit. You know, you're manager of Celtic and you're, you're falling so far behind your biggest rivals, but he's a human being. So I would, I'm relieved for him and I think he'll show a little bit of relief as well. He'll feel a little bit of relief that the abuse has stopped. You know, the, the criticism has stopped. And I get what that guy's saying there. I mean, I, I experienced the 98. We had fight tooth and nail right to the last... I think the league wasn't won until 20 minutes before the last game. I think that's where the frustration with the fans this season... It's became a bit of a procession for, for Rangers with their levels of consistency and Celtic falling away so far. 
Yeah, I mean Neil Lennon's spoken um, about mitigating factors. I mean, I'm not sure we'll ever know what those mitigating factors are uh, because presumably his departure from the club will be will have some golden handcuffs applied to it as well. I'm not sure how free when he does speak he will be to say exactly what's happened in his opinion. Um, but there, you know, you, you were touching on earlier, Morris, about you know how how much has he been involved in the recruitment of players and and the suspicion is not very much but he's had to he's had to deal with it the players like Barkas the goalkeeper uh, and Shane Duffy have been foisted on him maybe or maybe not and get on Neil get on with it I mean I can't speculate um, to to the the goings on at Celtic day to day Um, Celtic the squad Celtic have player for player I would expect better of Celtic from a points point of view. I mean, it's 64 points with the footballers they have in the building. Um, I always go to tangibles. One thing I would maybe pose as a question would be how did it take David Turnbull so long to be unfurled as a as a Celtic starting 11 player because I think he's the real deal. I think the boy's special. They've paid money for him. They waited a year for him and I think Celtic could have probably posed a half the amount to Motherwell, and they would have probably taken it. The size of club Motherwell are, but they, you know, they, they were fair. They, they they behaved properly and professionally. I felt I thought it was really um, nice of Celtic to offer the same amount of money because they probably could have stolen. Um, but you know, th- I, I, the statement is so vague and um, filled with ambiguity that we can guess all we like, but only Neil knows what he's talking about. I would hope it wasn't the fans weren't in or money or COVID or whatever it was. I hope it w- he wouldn't allude to these factors because these are ubiquitous. This is for every yeah. club. So I think the other thing that's been speculated upon, Simon, w- was the fact that, that maybe at the time of the Champions League qualifiers, when he was talking about players who were trying to tunnel <coughs> the way out of the club, uh, he, want, he was actually willing to let them go. If they didn't want to be at Celtic, he didn't want them there. Uh, and maybe he was overruled at the time and, and told, no, no, 10 in a row, nobody's leaving. Yeah, that certainly didn't help at the time, you know, and he did go on record uh, speaking about players, you know, if, if you don't want to be here, go, which I do understand that sentiment. Uh, but it didn't do any favours at the time and things went from bad to worse at that period as well, so... I just keep going back to the recruitment, Rob, as well. I mean, you looked at that cup final that they played, uh, the Scottish Cup final, and the two strikers that they brought in, not not getting a sniff. I mean, that, that says it all for me. If, yeah. If, again, speculation. But if if you've got two strikers, they're one of them five million, and they're not getting a sniff in a cup final, there's, there's something wrong. More questions than answers at Celtic. Uh, if you've got questions, you know the number 0808 17 17 700. News at six on the way. And another hour of football chat. Feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles. The near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. 
The Bull Radio Football Show. We're about seven or eight minutes into the game at Ibrox Rangers against Royal Antwerp 4-3 in favour of Stephen Gerrard's team from the first leg last Thursday night and uh, we're hearing Rangers have made a pretty positive start as you'd expect with a pretty positive lineup. to be honest Rangers tonight if you've just got to this uh, McGregor and goals Balogun, Goldson, Hilander, Barisic Davis, Kamara, Aribo Haji, Kent and uh, Morellas, Ryan Kent uh, promising in the and prominent in the opening stages of the game at Ibrox tonight we're hearing and he's somebody that's come back to form I mean he, he's, oh, no. he's one no Rangers yeah. and the scorer Morelos. is there you are goal flashes as we speak Alfredo Morellas has scored for Rangers and that is 5-3 on aggregate I was just about to speak about Ryan Kent let's speak about Alfredo Morellas uh, he hasn't been scoring the goals in the volume that we're used to for Rangers this season uh, Morris Ross but uh, he's been contributing a lot more in a, in a much more rounded role for Rangers yeah I, I would kind of the way I would frame it, I would say he's more of a sacrificial role, um, which means he's obviously coming towards the ball a lot more, which then again can attract centre-backs towards you um, if they're diligent and then they're spacing behind them. So it's it's, it's, it's that one that he's, he's, he's putting himself before the team, um, which is maybe not something you would associate Morelos with in, in, in previous year. But listen, he's, he's, he's playing most weeks, so the manager must see um, the good stuff he's doing. And he's got this incredible uh, European scoring record. I mean, in the, in the group stages, Simon, last season, uh, six goals in six group games. Uh, he scored a couple in the groups this time around. And that's another massive goal because it just creates that cushion for Rangers, doesn't it? The two two goal cushion. Yeah, and Morelos' form in Europe probably reflects Rangers' form in Europe over the last couple of seasons. You know, they, they, they feel at home there. A lot of good results. I watched the game, as I said, last week. I thought it was a handful. And as Mo says there, coming short, putting himself about there, it creates space for the other players. Uh, had a nice little link up with Kent for the goal, for Kent's goal, a little one too. So yeah, he's, he's on form and that's a, a great start for Rangers tonight to get the, as you say, the cushion because the, the scoreline last week was topsy-turvy, it went mm. one way then the other, so it's good to get that little cushion for them. Yeah, Rangers would, yeah, that was probably what you were after tonight, a boring 1-0 Morris, that would suit you nicely. Yeah, um, listen, it's, it's one of these ones now that, if Rangers play the usual Rangers European uh, football, uh, if you take away last week's uh, performance, I think Rangers will be safe now. I don't see this team scoring three. Are you are you happy uh, to take all that comes with Alfredo Morelos, the whole package? Um, because some fans have, have run out of patience with him at times, in his time uh, at Rangers, because of the, the indiscipline uh, and, and the red cards. Is, is that just him and you have to take the bad with the good. Um, listen, he's, he's not committed any crime, you know. It's, he's, I think, again, we sensationalise everything. Yeah, listen, when when you play on the edge, I mean, Wayne Rooney played on the edge, sent off numerous occasions. Um, I think that's his. That's where he's from. That's where he's, he's brought up in the streets, and um, to to take that out of someone, you know, it's very difficult. It's whether Rangers are willing to put up with it. Um, I think at Rangers they will be looking to strengthen again. That's a, that's the beauty of Rangers and Celtic. They they're, they want to better themselves every single year. So I think if Rangers get a striker who's deemed similar of similar ilk to Morelos, but maybe has less kind of 
aggressive nature, then they, they will sign him. So it's, it's one of the ones that I think of. As long as Rangers are winning football matches, doesn't matter who's playing. Lots of Celtic fans tonight, Simon, will have no interest whatsoever in how Rangers are doing. In fact, some of them are, are probably uh, supporting Royal Royal Antwerp tonight. But but it's got it's got big implications for the for the the dreaded uh, coefficient. coefficient. Well, we used to call it dreaded, but when <clears throat> actually it's heading in a pretty positive direction at the moment. It's meaning extra European places for us and maybe getting into the qualifiers at a later stage as well. So so it's it's pretty massive, isn't it? Of course it is, of course it is, and you'll, you'll always get Rangers and Celtic fans wanting the other team to lose in Europe, that will never ever go away, but Celtic could benefit from Rangers running Europe this season, you know, in terms of qualification for next season, and it's been similar in uh, recent times, you know, Celtic getting to the, the knockout stages last year, so yeah, and it's a, it's a big night, it's Scottish football, uh, they're trying to get in the last 16, and as I said at the start of the show, you know, he, at this stage of the tournament, you never know what can happen. If they can keep that form going, they can go right deep into it. Wait, uh, George, uh, a Rangers fan on the show Tuesday night, and, and he was saying, and, and it's probably easy to say at this stage of the season when the title's all but wrapped up, that actually Europe progress in European football was more important to him than, than winning the domestic title. Uh, you know... But 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 you think? but but reput- I mean, European reputation is, is important. Is, is that's the way you really grow as a football club, isn't it? Um, yeah, but you've got to win the league to to yeah, to, do to, it. To, yeah. to do that. Um, and and this is a special set of circumstances. Yes, Rangers and Celtic and, uh, and Aberdeen. Yeah, they're, they're synonymous with success in Europe. However, right now, goal number one, win the league, and try your best to progress in Europe. I think that's that's for sure. I think if you asked Gerard at the start of the season what you would have most. I think it would be certainly the title. But the two are working pretty effectively in, in tandem with each other, aren't they? And Rangers must be taking massive belief um, in terms of re- like the results against Benfica, where they were twice on the brink of beating Benfica, went through the group stages unbeaten. Uh, they're on the way to beating the second best team at the moment in Belgium and uh, almost into the last 16 of, of the Europa League with some pretty impressive teams, Simon, in there as well. I said it before, I think this has helped Rangers develop as a team. Uh, the European runs that they've been on. Steven Gerrard, if you look at his stats in Europe, has been really successful with this Rangers team. And that breeds confidence. Uh, it's maybe reflected on their, their, their domestic performances now, uh, on winning the league, or virtually won the league. So I think they've taken confidence from this over the last couple of years in Europe. Really impressive. Very impressive. Europa League tonight, uh, Rangers one up then against Royal Antwerp, uh, still Arsenal nil, Benfica nil, that was 1-1, one, one. we were talking about Benfica, who Rangers obviously faced a couple of times in the group stages, um, they are up against Arsenal tonight, that was also a 5-6 to six kickoff, and that is goalless so far, so that remains one all overall. Uh, Leicester City managed of course by Brendan Rodgers, uh, nil-nil in the Czech Republic with Slavia Prague last week uh, last Thursday night and that's an 8 o'clock kickoff tonight uh, Leicester at home to Slavia Prague Man United I think we can safely say are through to the draw tomorrow uh, they're playing Real Sociedad tonight at Old Trafford and that is 4-0 from the first leg in favour of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's side who was watching Man City last night in imperious form uh, against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach they won 2-0 it's their 9 19th straight win, Simon. 
It's, it's incredible. I was just talking to Mo there on the break about it. I watched the game. They, they won it for me in first gear. They were incredible. Kept the ball at will. Got their two goals. It's funny because you look at that English Premiership a few weeks ago and you thought... And it looked like a battle. It's going to be a battle. <laughs> There's eight or nine teams up there all in the mix and they've just moved through the gears and it's it's over for me. I can't see anybody catching Man City. Is that football the way you like to see it played, Mo, the Man City way? Um, yeah, of course. Achieving it's a different uh, a, just a different story altogether. I mean, I think if you look at it, the best of... Well, they're the best of British. Man City are the best team in Britain. Playing against number eight in uh, the German Bundesliga. It's, uh, it's a result I would expect, but the manner of it was uh, yeah, magnificent. Yeah, where Cancelo, who's the left back... Pops up all over the all over the pitch, uh, almost a playmaker. Um, but in in a Pep, Pep Guardiola team, you can do that. Well, it's designed to be that. Uh, you see fullbacks going into midfield areas, um, no problem. And there's there's set rotations there, set patterns that they work on every day. That are clear to see, um, and it's 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 exciting. Um, what I love about it is there's everybody's equidistant all the time, so there's never really holes to counter Man City in. Oh, on a good day, of course, it can happen. The slips or whatever, but it's um, it's about taking good players and making them into great players because of their football understanding and their day to day habits, their day to day training sessions. And um, Pep for me is, is is the is the one that's is by far the best manager, coach, what you want to call it, uh, in the world. You've got great ambitions of your own uh, as a coach. Your time has just ended at Motherwell. Um, you've been here, there, and everywhere, haven't you? You've 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 played and coached and managed in in quite a few countries. Um, how did it all end at Motherwell? Why why did it end at Motherwell? Um, quite quite simply, um, I'm a coach. Uh, it's my passion. It's it's what I live for. Um, I enjoy coaching, arguably more than I did playing. Um, it's my forty, I feel, and. Um, under Stephen Robinson, I had an integral part of the, the day-to-day footballing side, the coaching side, and um, with 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 new people in the building, um, my role dramatically changed overnight. Which is <clears throat> the kind of character I am. I, I want to earn my money every week. I want to to be useful. I want to help people. I want to educate people, and that was removed uh, from me. And I feel it was the right thing to do that I don't, I don't want to be a, a burden on the football club but if I can't coach I'm no used to the football club Was that inevitable that when Stephen Robinson departed that you would not be too far behind? Um, or could there have been a role for you under the Graham Alexander regime? Um, when when the manager left um, I mean it's no secret how, how highly I rate the manager Stephen Robinson <coughs> and it was always kind of spoke about that if Stephen moved on to something that I would I would follow suit and um, I just felt um, the way it was going, uh, I I would be better off um, taking it easy for a couple of months and and, and recharge my batteries. How good is Stephen Robinson? Uh, I mean, I took some stick before. In terms of a hybrid, this is the new the new way I think now the hybrid of management, but can actually coach as well. So when the players are quizzing, you can go in and nail it and and, and put on sessions that are sublime. Uh, I th- he's the best I've seen, and um, doing both. Um, 
of course I've had some some fantastic managers who were, were great man managers but maybe never had the, the coaching ability vice versa so from that point of view um, the next football club that employs um, Stephen Robinson will be getting a very very level headed very realistic very ambitious man who comes from a coaching background remember he, he coached with the, the pro license in Northern Ireland etc and he will he brings harmony to a football club um, and he's proven it with the results he's had and the players he's selling every year for, for, for millions and millions and millions so now he's uh, he's the real deal and was that the problem at Motherwell that he was basically stripped of of his assets because they had to be sold as some of his best players yeah but when, when you go into Motherwell you know that's that's the business model you know that's happening Um but what it does, you know it's happening and you're aware of it, you sign up to it. But there's only so many times that that you can put so much energy into, then we use that analogy, you know, you're building a wall every year and then you're kicking it down again in uh, end of May. And to finish third, to have two cup finals, to sell your best assets every year, I mean, it's north of £6 million he, he sold players for. Bringing ten million pound into the club over with, with European football, uh, selling players, cup finals, etc. You know, there's only so much you can do, um, and I think when you have, unless you're changing players constantly, it, it can become a bit of a, a kind of burden to keep saying the same message every day. So I think, I think he needed the break. He's he's been non-stop for years, um, but he's typical Stephen Robinson. After a week, he was ready to go again. Um, he, he lives and breathes football, so. Listen, he'll, he'll be fine. He, he will get a, a good job somewhere, uh, I'm sure of it. As a club, Simon, they, they, they do look as if they've overachieved uh, in recent times, Motherwell punching above their weight. Uh, but it is a surprise to see them down where they are. They picked up a point uh, last night in a match I'd probably rather forget. I was at it at, uh, at Paisley. It was grim, especially the first 45 minutes. There was barely anything on target at all. Um, but Motherwell, yeah, they, they do need something just to pull away from that area because they're, they're, they're too close for comfort. Yeah, I was looking at the table just before we came on air and I, I kind of said as much, Rob. Uh, you always think Motherwell, SPL, you know, as, as far as I can remember. And they have had some excellent seasons uh, in recent times, but sitting there in ninth position, five points off safety. Uh, they, they nick a point last night to kind of stop that wee rot of the, the, the two games before. But it's a, it's a, it's a precarious situation to be in. Uh, and they need to start winning, winning quickly. It's Rangers 1, uh, Royal Antwerp 0 at Ibrox. Latest score, uh, Alfredo Morelos inside nine minutes, 5-3 on aggregate. Uh, should be a, a smooth run now, although, uh, being in mind what happened last Thursday night, maybe a bit early to say that, um, to be honest. Uh, just going back to Motherwell, um, Alan Campbell was back in the team last night. He was terrific, maybe could have scored. Um, but he is a he is a, a top midfielder. How highly do you rate him, Morris? Um, Alan's certainly one that w- that will move on to to bigger and better. Um, what I felt for Alan, I always feel for Alan in a sense that he's always compared to David Turnbull, who's the, the silky, pretty footballer, the, the, basically the complete footballer. Um, but on the flip side, Alan Campbell is your lieutenant in the middle of the field. You can, you're pitching the goals. He's the Consummate professional. He's in a gym at eight o'clock every every morning. He he made a couple of bonuses last year, and he, he he'll probably be embarrassed me telling this story. But he's a boy that lives still lives with mother and father, and instead of buying a watch or a new car, he built a gymnasium in his mother's garage. 
because he wanted to become stronger. And when I see that boy every day, in the last two years I've watched him, his, his football understanding has improved, which I think you could see in his performances. And when I see Alan Campbell now, it's, it kind of reminds me of the Scott Brown that was at Hibs. That similar type. Now Scott's refined his game over over the years. You know he's a bit more, a bit more of a foot, more complete football over. But that takes time. You know that takes that maturity comes into that, um, and, and you know just experience. I think Alan Campbell should be one that the, the top clubs in Scotland should be considering because I think he does a very 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 good job, and the character we kind of get enough Alan Campbells. That's what I think. Would you like to see Celtic signing Alan Campbell, Simon? It was one I mentioned a couple of days ago, uh, and then listening to to Mo and the type of type of boy he is, uh, I think he's only going to go one way in football. You know, with that application and desire, I've seen bits of him over the years. Uh, quite tenacious in there, gets about the middle of the park, chips in with the goals, as, as Mo says. So, aye, I think this is somebody that the likes of Celtic could look at. I mean, we, we spoke about it earlier on. The one that got away was John McGinn. You know, two or three seasons ago, a couple of seasons ago, and at the time, people were, ah, he's not, he can't replace Scott Brown. But the whole argument or conversation at the time was to play alongside a Scott Brown, learn off Scott Brown, and in time possibly take over. So this is another kit. I mean, if there's effect coming to a club like Celtic that the likes of Turnbull has had, Turnbull's been the best player for Celtic since he came in. Uh, and again, a surprise it, it took that long. There might be reasons that we don't know for him to get into that starting eleven. But if the boy had an effect like that, yeah, 100% Celtic should be looking at him. So linking those two up again uh, might be no bad idea. This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. The football chat continues after the break. The Go Radio Football Show. Rangers are a goal up at Ibrox in the Europa League in the second leg in the last 32. 4-3 it was in Belgium uh, in favour of Steven Gerrard's team a week ago and it's Alfredo Morelos who has got the early goal. How often have we said that in European football? So it's two goals of a cushion now. It is 5-3 on aggregate Rangers against Royal Antwerp and the draw for the last 16 is tomorrow at high noon in Neon in Switzerland. So uh, all you Rangers fans uh, will be uh, waiting patiently for that draw to happen unless the unthinkable happens tonight. But it seems as if Rangers are off to the ideal start tonight at Ibrox. Arsenal in the Europa are ahead as well. That match that was 1-1 from Portugal against Benfica. Arsenal have uh, scored the third goal of the tie. It's 2-1 on aggregate. And it's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who has uh, got the opening goal of the night in the Europa League for Arsenal. A couple of games involving the British teams later. Uh, Leicester plays Slavia Prague. That's 0-0 from the first leg. And uh, Man U, I think we can safely say, are in that draw tomorrow. Uh, 4-0 up from Spain last Thursday night uh, against Real Sociedad. It is 1-1 at Ibrox, Morris. Yes. So an equaliser for Royal Art. So maybe it's for, from what I was saying, not so fast. Uh, so 1-1 one, one on the night and that is 5-4 on aggregate. I wonder if that game's going to go like the one went last Thursday, which went absolutely crazy. 
No, Rob, it's not. That's <laughs> no, but it's going okay. to go. <laughs> right, okay, thanks for thanks for sorting me out. Just as I was a little bit concerned that it might go bonkers like it did last week. But that's uh, an equaliser, so Rangers are pegged back at Ibrox. It is 1-1 on the night, and it's 5-3, 5-4, I should say now, on aggregate. Well, that's a big story, of course, and the resignation yesterday of Neil Lennon is a massive story as well in Scottish football, and the Celtic fans uh, want to know who is going to be next John Kennedy is an interim charge Uh, he will take charge of the team for the home game against Aberdeen at the weekend he spoke today about the departed Neil Lennon I think obviously times of of late have been tough you know and everybody's everybody's felt that you know none more so than Neil because you know I've worked very close with him got to know him really well I knew him from the past but I got to know him much deeper now you know and he was Given his all in terms of everything he did was for Celtic, you know, and everything he did was to try and bring success. You know, he knows better than anyone that this season, you know, have not quite reached the levels we wanted to. Um, you know, but in terms of what he's achieved as his career here, he's given so much of his life to Celtic as a player and as a manager. You know, he's had huge success as well. So we also got to remember the pods that he brought to the club. It's the Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday night with Rob McLean and Simon Donnelly and Morris Ross. And we have Chris from Camp Hill. Hi, Chris. Hi guys, how you doing? First time caller, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well it's good, Hi, to, good to have you on the show, Chris. Uh, what did you think yesterday when you heard that uh, Neil Lennon had gone? You know, I'm obviously very, very... I'm, I'm saddened by the news because, you know, he's such a huge part of our recent history, but my main point I wanted to come on and talk to you chaps about was actually about the John Kennedy appointment, um, if that was OK with you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd just like to say I think this man's got exactly what he wanted after such a long time at the club. And I don't know if he's, uh, you know, engineered this move himself. I heard him talk about uh, Mr. Neil Lennon and he was actually saying, you know, you never like to see someone lose their job. I thought Neil resigned. You know, it seems a bit confusing that the the message coming to the club at this present time. Yeah, of course, sometimes the actual phrase uh, is designed to uh, maybe put us off the, the trace. By mutual consent is quite a popular one, isn't it? Uh, depending on how yeah. it all ends. But I think resigned was the was the word that was against it. But you think John Kennedy could be the man to, to take over on a permanent basis then, Chris? On a permanent basis, absolutely not in a million years for me. <laughs> for me, you know, the man said a few times since, uh, since Neil's gone that he's got his own ideas and, you know philosophies that he wants to introduce, but where have they been for the last season? I've not seen them once, because if he has done, why has he not communicated that to the players so far? Simon? Yeah, I'm with Chris. I don't, I don't see uh, John Kennedy getting the, the job on a permanent basis, I think. I said to you earlier on, I think the way it was going, I thought Neil was going to get the job until the summer, until they, they managed behind the scenes to get the replacement, I think the result of the weekend has sped that up. Uh, and John finds himself now in uh, position there to, to, to see the team to the end of the season. I'd be very surprised if it was any further than that, Rob. Uh, again, I get what Chris is saying, you know, as part of a management team, you know, you, you bring your coaching side to it. Ultimately, it's Neil Lennon that picks the team uh, and... But why have a man? Why have a management team if if you're not taking John Kennedy's view on board up until now? So, yeah, I don't see that yeah. one really lasting beyond the next eight games. To be honest, Chris. 
I, I would I would also just like to uh, ask a quick one just to the, the panel if it's possible. Just the chemistry between John Kennedy and Lennon throughout the season. Did you guys you guys may have a bit of Celtic insight being former players, but did you guys pick up on any body language between the pair that they just were not seeing eye to eye? I know John's certainly a bit taller, so he wouldn't see Neil's eye, but you know, you know what I'm saying, you know where I'm getting at here. I, th- I, th- I know what you're getting at, but again, pictures can pictures can be deceptive. You know, I think a lot of focus has been on that dugout this season. There's a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment. Uh, it's hard to read into it. I mean, John himself there just said in his interview that he got to to know Neil even deeper than before in this current uh, time that they've worked together. So sometimes maybe not reading into pictures too much. Did you? What did you make when you when you looked at the way Celtic were operating off the pitch? Did did, did that look like a, a well-oiled machine in terms of the coaching setup, Morris, or or is it impossible to say unless you're on the inside? Well, we were just surmising it that that, that um, John never had much input or, or Neil had much. Whatever it is, for me, it's the proof is in the pudding. Something wasn't correct. Um, in terms of the results because I think Celtic player for player are very, very, very strong um, just as, as strong as Rangers arguably if not stronger player for player um, so the, the proof for player, you've got to say Celtic are still stronger but you know I, I just think they've been coached like a well old machine and Celtic have been coached like I don't know I don't even have a thing to say about it just not coached very well at all would would you, no, would you the, 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 sorry no, uh, no, but, but there's a thing in in football that's um that's very very strict actually it's it's hierarchy now you can be uh, a certain coach with certain values but the, you must echo and mirror what the management's values are and what his uh, beliefs are now yes there's the yin and yang side to it that you can have the the, the opposing uh, views but it, when when you come to that training pitch you're in unison and that's something you cannot deviate from and if you do there'll be problems so if John does have a different ideology to Neil time will tell and um, the proof will be in the pudding in the next eight games Was it? Was I've, got it I've got a few, oh sorry carry on Rob sorry oh, no, just, Chris I was just going to ask you would it, was it a dangerous assumption to make about the coaching setup that John Kennedy being a defender would have been the specialist coach for Celtic defensively? Well, I think it's, it's proved to be pretty dangerous because it's proved to be a wholly inaccurate. You know, so the man was a short career, but he was famed for his header of the ball and organisational play from the back. And Celtic have absolutely had zero, albeit I believe individually they've got unbelievable players. You know, Christopher Julian and Christopher Iyer and any, I don't know, I could see them playing for a, an AC Milan or the likes, but I just feel as though in a Celtic team as individual and they're not defending the collective and if you're playing as individuals and as a collective you need to be absolutely on it and they're not being at all. Right, so see, see on that that point Chris, um, I can yeah. infer from what you're saying that you're, you're saying that Celtic have been, it's been defensive frailties for them this year. See if you look at this time last year at game 30, Celtic last year had 89 goals for and 19 against. They've got 64 for this year with 23 against. So there's a 25-goal swing scoring goals and there's only a four-goal swing defensively. So yeah, I think, I the, the, think if you look at it, the frailty there the is, is, in, is in the forward yeah. areas, if anything. Yeah, I think I think when you, you know, you're not scoring the goals, it actually accentuates the defensive frailties even more so. So yeah, I agree that probably the defensive problem hasn't been as massive as I'm making out, but I just think when you're not netting the ball at the other end, 
can certainly make a big difference to your perception of it. Chris, what do you want to happen next at Celtic? I'd, I'd, well, if you want me, I'd want Brendan Rodgers in a bag of cans, but uh, I think that's a, <laughs> a long shot. I'd, I'll throw one out for you, chaps. What about Claudia Ranieri? The Tinkerman. Eh, plucked that one from nowhere, have you, Chris? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, Somebody that can capture the imagination obviously can do the job. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the kind of wow factor as well. We, we, we were touching on it earlier with Steven Gerrard coming into to Rangers. That immediately itself attracts players to the club. You know, just the name yeah. alone and what he's achieved in the game. And that's where I, I see Celtic maybe looking. But again, Claudio Ranieri, you've pulled that from nowhere. Who, who am I to say yes or no? Do you feel as if yeah, Celtic needs? A... Do you feel as if Celtic need a box office signing uh, as manager uh, along the lines of a Brendan Rodgers or say a, a Steven Gerrard at Rangers? Yeah, I'd say you know, I said to Tinkerman, I was having a little bit of a joke there. I don't know if the league will actually go for him, but you know, I think you know Hollywood certainly, and you couldn't get any more blockbuster than Roberto Martinez and Sean Maloney at the Belgian national team. I think they'd be a great. Addition, whether or not they want to come, I don't think you'd want to swap Kevin De Bruyne for, you know, Ismail Sorrow right now, would you? Well, when you're when you're working with uh, the best t- team in the world, uh, the best international team in the world, um, are you going to swap that, Morris, for the the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl? I don't think so. I think um, maybe in time, once his international career is, is over, the, uh, you know, Celtic is certainly an attractive p- proposition for any coach. Let's 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 be, you know. The Premiership masks club size for me. Everybody talks about Leicester, Newcastle, Everton. These clubs, these clubs are nowhere near as big as Rangers. So nowhere near it. Yes, they've got fortunes because of the league they're playing in, and they've got billionaire owners. But the size of club, size of your club is history. How many trophies you've won? You know, all these things come into it, and even 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 likes of Chelsea. Chelsea's not as big as Rangers or Celtic. No, it's not. No, in terms of history. I would say yeah, I would say they're anywhere close to it, actually. If you know, you, you know. know so when, I think up in Scotland yeah. we need to realise that we also have uh, two brilliant football clubs, Rangers, Celtic. We've obviously got other cracking football clubs as well, but we're talking about them tonight. And we we need to you know let's not accept second best. There's, there should be a top coach coming up to 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 manage Rangers and Celtic. Absolutely. What do you do, Chris, about recruitment? I mean, that wasn't. Neil Lennon's uh, that wasn't on his job spec was it uh, the, recru- the recruitment's gone horribly wrong in contrast to what Rangers have been doing so so how do you sort that I've got I, I, to this point in time I really really don't know who's in charge of the recruitment it's absolutely crazy well, it's, it's Nicky Hammond you know, isn't it who's the head of recruitment Nicky, at Celtic yeah I mean if he's, if he's picking those players he needs to go he needs to go ASAP Rocky ASAP he needs to go because he's He's that, that man. He, he's stealing a wage, and he's also costing us millions, millions and millions. Morris was Morris, Morris Ross was saying it earlier on that that he thinks Celtic should be calm, controlled, patient at the moment, take their time, make the right appointment. Uh, I bet you, Morris is saying that he'd, no. he'd, he'd want to carry on the same vein just to, to rumble on the madness. We no, need but, to get our actions, <laughs> actions straight and back in order. Morris, I know where you're going, son. I know where you're going. <laughs> 
Rich, you're certainly a character um, but I'm, I'm being genuine when I'm saying that I think if Celtic make a, a rushed, rash appointment they will be in a tizzy for two or three or four years I think if they, if they look at this strategically and build something bit by bit then I think that would be a, a more fruitful strategy for Celtic because one in a row, two in a row, three in a row it doesn't matter until you get to eight, nine, ten in a row um, and this is where all the, the, the furor comes from um, That this is so... It's such a crazy season. I think once it's over, everybody will take a deep breath and start to plan for uh, moving forward. I'll certainly be going for a lie down. It's been it's not me, Kiki. It really has. <laughs> is your is your feeling, uh, Chris, that something has to happen quickly because it's urgent to get to get the right staff in, the right players in, to be firing into those uh, July European qualifiers? Well, yeah, I actually think you know the way the Celtic fans reacted to the. You know, the St. Johnson and Ross County defeat, uh, drawn defeat respectively. You know, I think that actually, the way the Celtic fans paraded outside paradise with a placard for Lowell and Lennon to go, I think that backfired. You know, I think if they didn't do that at that material time, you know, we we would have had change at that point. And at that point, we could have still, you know, won the, the 10 in a row. But we've not, we've went backwards. We've absolutely went backwards. We've stuck with Neil till now. To sack him now, is the right thing to do, but to sack him months ago was the even more correct thing to do. You know, there was a that feeling. Was it? There was a feeling. You know what? Yeah, I mean? yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Simon, there was a feeling at the time, wasn't there, that 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 anything that might have happened uh, had been stalled by that protest because the the Celtic power brokers weren't going to be told by some placard waivers outside what to do. Yeah, I mean that was kind of <clears throat> that was suggested, but. For for me, I mean, I was. I thought at the turn of the year it was still retrievable. I mean, am I being naive? If if they beat Rangers there and went on a run that Rangers yeah. had been on, but they didn't. You know, they they went to Ibrox, performed well for sixty minutes till they lose a man, uh, and then it changes. How many times did we see that when it was the other side in the nineties, and Rangers just kicked on from that. That was the last chance for Celtic. But at that time, I did think it could be retrieved. As I say, maybe I'm naive with it. But Simon, at that point, I thought if, we beat, if Celtic beat Rangers at that point, I thought we would we'd go on and win the league comfortably. I know that's crazy, may sound crazy now, but at the time, I thought we'd comfortably win the league if we won that game. Yeah. And hadn't Neil Beaton made that crazy, crazy decision to yeah. take out his man, then I think we'd be looking at that right now. Yeah. But Pre- shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> exactly. Chris, thanks for your call. I have a feeling you'll be back on the line at some stage in the near future. Uh, Absolutely, thanks, Chris. Pleasure, listen. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Chris. Good to hear. That's Chris from Camp Hill with his thoughts on the way ahead for Celtic as they look to replace Neil Lennon as manager. Latest score from Ibrox in the Europa League last thirty-two. It's Rangers one, Royal Antwerp one, and that is five four Rangers on aggregate. The Bull Radio Football Show. It's half time at Ibrox in the Europa League Rangers 1 Royal Antwerp 1 it was all looking pretty smooth when Alfredo Morella scored first uh, for Rangers to make it 5-3 in aggregate but the equaliser makes it uh, makes it 5-4 Morris Ross how are you how are you feeling about that scoreline if it remains that then perfect yeah I know yeah, that <laughs> no but listen I'm, I'm not sitting here with Rangers pom-poms on I'm, no, no, I, 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 think, I think it's a good thing for Scottish football if Rangers could uh, progress Simon? Yeah, I agree with, with Morris there. As I say, 
the early goal gave Rangers a wee bit of comfort. Now it's sitting a little bit dangerous, but I still fancy them to see it through. So that's halfway through 45 minutes to go, 45 minutes away from uh, that last 16 draw, which is tomorrow in Switzerland. Uh, meantime, Celtic are looking for a new manager. Uh, temporarily in place, of course, is John Kennedy. We heard from him speaking about uh, Neil Lennon. This is what uh, he had to say on the situation moving forward. Yeah, it's strange, you know, it kind of... Um it's not one you're ever really fully expecting. Um, when you're in a situation in terms of where we were sitting, you know, collectively as a group, uh, you know, falling below where we wanted to be. Um, and with that comes pressure. But again, you just have to deal with what comes your way. And, you know, the club have asked me to step in at the moment, um, you know, and take charge of the team, which obviously I'm more than happy to do. But, you know, ultimately it's not about me. It's about, you know, doing the right thing for the, both the team and the club. You know, that's, that's all I care about, you know. I have to park my, my own ambition aside and just do the right thing day to day, which I think will you know, help the club moving forward. He's been there alongside a, a few Celtic managers now. Simon, is it a difficult situation for John Kennedy having to take charge and kind of knowing that he is not going to be the permanent answer? Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not an ideal scenario, but he's been asked to, to do the job. He's a professional. He knows the players, but as I said earlier on, it's for probably for eight games. And do as best as they can uh, before a new manager or a new staff come in. Uh, but it's, I wouldn't imagine it to be an easy, easy position just now. You know, with the, the stick that's been levelled at them, and he's going to have to carry the can for the next eight games. How, how is it for Celtic? How is it for the players, Morris, between now and the end of the season, knowing that uh, Rangers are seven points away from wrapping up the title? Um. <clears throat> I think the Scottish lads will will give absolutely everything. I really do. I think there'll be a few internationalists in there that'll maybe be protecting themselves um, if they're going to be moving on, etc. Um, it's human nature. You, you're going into the final three, four games of the season. Razor have wrapped it up already. You're going to make that run. You're going to be going to that tackle. You, you know these things. Self preservation. So uh, listen, I think. I mean, I wish you know. Well, professional and the best, John. Um, how he's going to handle this? It's, it's, it's certainly a new thing for him. It's whether he goes and absolutely puts his stamp on it. Go and show what you're all about, then. Go and go and go and put your stamp on this. These last eight games. Go and play. F- if you had, if he did have a different ideology, go and go and go and show it. Go and coach it. Go and let us see entertaining football or different football, whatever you want to call it. And and um, well, put some young lads in the team. Boys that care. Boys that really really want it. And see uh, what kind of results again. By the way, if he goes and wins eight games, there's questions to be asked at the end of the summer. Is this worth while running with? So you know, it's a, it's an it's an exciting time for John, I would imagine. Um, yes, he's got to toe the party line by saying certain things in the media because you need to uh, oh. in this position. But deep down, he'll be thinking, "I want to win these eight games." Does it matter? Does it matter, Simon? If he if he wins, even if he wins all eight games, is is the job there for John Kennedy? Anything matters. It, it, I, I know winning the games yeah, matters, but does it matter to in terms of him getting the job? Listen, crazier things have happened. I mean, how did Lenny get the job in the, the beginning? You know, uh, I'd be surprised. I can understand what Mo's saying there about getting in. If he's got other ideas and he puts those in place and it's a success, then he's put himself forward. But I don't see it long term. I really don't. I, I, it's nothing against John. Uh, he's been there, you know, and, and player and coach. But I think it's 
I think the fans will demand difference. I think it will come down to that as well. Uh, and I think there'll be plans put in place already. But again, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> a club like Celtic to go and coach the last eight games. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Massive job, isn't it? A massive opportunity for somebody. In terms of in, in John's situation? No, no, I, I mean the, the, the permanent role. The well, job. Oh, listen, I've, I've said a few times on the show already, it's, it's, it's a brilliant football club. It's a massive football club. And, and anybody who gets that is in a... They say a privileged position, but to manage Rangers or Celtic, it's a burden. It really is a burden. Mm. Until you win, that's a burden. And you win that first trophy... And the next day you wake up, that burden's back on the shoulders again. <laughs> it's bonkers. It's it's actually unhealthy, but it's 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 the drug that keeps us all going. It's what we it's when you make it to Rangers and Celtic, the it's so hard to get there, but when you do get there and you win that trophy, it's it's it's, it's nothing but elation for the day and then it's reset. That's the best Rangers and Celtic people. And it's they that, reset straight away. Yeah. And and it's that pendulum that swings, doesn't it, between Celtic and Rangers. And Stephen Gerrard spoke about that earlier in the season. <coughs> the the you know, one of the early times when Neil Lennon was under pressure and he was sympathising and he was saying, Well, if it's not him, it's me. And that's the way it is. That's the pure and simple way it is. You know, uh, you have to be ahead of the other team. And we've been through it. I've experienced the horrible side of it more often than the, the, the nice side. Uh and it's difficult. It takes a it's a certain breed to go and try and be a success there. As a player, I can only imagine as a leader and a manager of the, one of these clubs. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it, it pans out over the next few months. A couple of other stories before we go. And talking to managers under pressure, uh, John Robertson is certainly a, a manager uh, under pressure at the moment. Uh, compassionate <coughs> leave at Inverness Cali Thistle. Um, after a family bereavement, really feel for for John, who's finding finding things tough at the moment. So he's taking some time out. And Neil McCann is back in the game. Um, just as he said himself today, I heard, heard his interview, keeping the seat warm uh, for Robbo's return. Uh, but Neil McCann back in management at Inverness. Yeah, I mean, again, Neil Neil absolutely um, understands his role and and uh, and what's going to happen in the next couple of months. The thing is for the thing is for Neil. Um, I've seen Neil work. Um, very detailed guy. Very, very, very good in the grass. Um, was basically fresh. If you think about it, in the Dundee job was his first real position in the hot seat. Um, and you know he's he had a couple of years out, which I'm sure he's he's he's, he's reflected on and 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 has has learned from his uh, from his days at Dundee. But certainly, certainly a, a very good coach. You can hear the way he talks. He's passionate about, fo- about yeah. football. He's an intellect, um, which I think is most important in football. If you're intellectual, I think it helps. And getting your message across, he's very, very good with his vocabulary. And um, but typical Neil, you know, there's no airs or graces with Neil. He knows what he's going up there to do. Keep the seat warm. And um, but for his uh, for his point of view, I hope he does really well. Stuart Finlay is leaving Kilmarnock uh, to join up with uh, Philadelphia Union, Simon, uh, in the MLS. Maybe a bit, maybe a little bit surprising, um, but um, it's it's you know he's taken the opportunity, he's taking he's taking that chance. Of course, he's been capped uh, at Scotland level. Yeah. Really good player, he's, actually, he's really good defender for for Kilmarnock. But but he's off to what to, age is he, Rob? He would be probably about twenty six, maybe. Stuart Finlay, um, really good defender, and, and he's off to Philadelphia. Yeah, exciting chapter for him. Mm. Uh, something different. Uh, we don't know the ins and outs of his decision, but 
had a, had a wee opportunity of going to the States towards the, the twilight years of my career as well and it was something that kind of interested me and never materialised but a great opportunity for the boy uh, yeah. and an you, exciting new chapter And Morris, you certainly didn't turn down the chance to travel in your career How many countries? Oh, um, I don't know actually I don't know, four or five maybe Four or five um, But no, listen, I, I think going to another English speaking country is maybe not the same as maybe going and, and, and learning another language or, or seeing different cultures so no, listen, the, the fact that he's got the the belief in himself to to go away from your family and, and it's one thing honestly it's one thing going away and not being able to hear your your you know your Scottish voice and picking up the Daily Record and all these things you know it, it actually takes you a while to get used to even when I went to Wolverhampton I, I found it kind of odd for the first wee while and that's just in the road mm. so uh, listen he's, he's obviously an ambitious boy he wants to go and try something different and you know good good luck he's probably getting better money than he was in, in Scotland so you know all the best to him yeah, great experience uh, in Philadelphia. I'm sure it will be for uh, uh, for Stuart Finlay of Kilmarnock, who will shortly be Stuart Finlay of Philadelphia Union. Morris, thank you very much. Good thank to you. have you on the show tonight. Simon, as well. Good, Good to have your thoughts as well. It is still Rangers 1, Royal Antwerp 1. That's the latest score at Ibrox in the Europa League. It is 5-4 Rangers on aggregate. And uh, we will be reflecting on what happened across the full 90 minutes on tomorrow's Go Radio Football Show, which kicks off at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc energy ltd.uk